Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast, and happy Easter, everybody. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. I'm excited yeah. to talk about Saw. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about Saw. Um, as far as like local, like as far as like new stuff going on right now, I'm disappointed this week um, because there's three new releases coming out this week, which would be the Northmen. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent and the bad guys, and I'm only getting that third one. That sucks. Yeah, um, man. I've seen the Northmen. The Northmen's good. It for me, it's not as good as um, the other two movies that Robert Rodriguez has done. But right. I, gave, I gave it like a seven out of ten. It's still yeah. good. It's just when you have when your other two movies are Lighthouse and The Witch, it's like kind of hard one of those one, mm-hmm. one of those movies has to suffer a little bit yeah um but the funny thing is like it, it's always weird when we're reviewing things especially in advance because sometimes you wonder like is my criticism going to be a common one or is it just me like am i just the one low crazy person but <laughs> it seems like the criticism i had with that movie which is that the second act drags quite a bit has been pretty common with a lot of okay. people so Bear in mind, but yep. still a very good movie and redemption for the animals at last. This is a mild spoiler, but the very mildest of spoilers. But in this one, there's an, an animal that helps people. Doesn't awesome. Do, you know, in the last two Robert Eggers movies, the animals are out to kill people or mm-hmm. cause some sort of mischief. But mm-hmm. this one, they're helpful animals. Aww. Yeah. But alas, we're not here to talk about the Northmen, although. It might go on the list. I got into an argument the other day with somebody about whether The Goonies is a horror movie. I argue it's not. No, I don't think it's a horror movie. It's an adventure movie. Yeah, exactly. Somebody was like, you should cover uh, that on Trouble. And I'm like, no. Goonies is not a horror movie. And it got pretty heated. And I'm like, no, it's not a horror movie. It's got some scary parts to it for if you're a child. Sure. Like right. the finding the body in the freezer and stuff like that. But... It's not a horror movie. It's... No, I don't think it's a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination. So, if anyone was ever expecting us to cover Goonies on here, sorry to break I don't think you. it's going to happen, no. No. As much as I love Goonies. Yeah. It's like... it's not quite adjacent enough. No. Yeah. It'd be like, I'd almost be like doing an Indiana Jones movie, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. I just thought I'd mention that, because I, I got... Some my friend of mine was like, "Oh, I listen to your trouble podcast, and you should cover Goonies." And I'm like, "No, no, sorry." It's nice that you visit the asylum every now and then, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If anything, if I watch the Goonies nowadays, I actually side with the Fratellis quite a bit. I'm like, "No, these kids—they're breaking shit. They're (laughs) screaming all over the place." Like, I'm kind of on the side of the Fratellis whenever I watch the Goonies. Maybe uh, that's the real horror in that movie, then. Yeah. yeah. The horrors as an adult watching these kids just be awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about Saw. And we're doing a Saw double feature because, you know, what better way to celebrate Easter than to watch Saw movies? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe there is something to that because it's about the resurrection of Christ. And you think in this movie, there's a corpse in the room, but ends up being... Uh, the doodle along so i mean oh and 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 we'll like obviously we'll be talking about that more but like it changes your second viewing of the your your subsequent viewings of the movie right Mm. knowing that jigsaw's in the middle of the floor of the whole movie but when you first saw that was that not like one of the greatest reveals ever dude i okay 
I have a special relationship with the Saw series because <laughs> as a teenager, mm-hmm. I these movies always came out. My birthday month is October. These movies always came out in October around Halloween. And so for like three, potentially four years straight, me and my friends went and saw this movie for my birthday. Um, <laughs> I think I don't think I saw the first Saw in theaters. I think we started with two and then I went like three, four. And I think I dropped off after four. But mm. um, I remember first when I watched this movie, I, I yeah, I think we maybe we must have rented it or something. Um I should have asked my mom, actually, before I started this podcast, because she was always the one that took me to see these movies. <laughs> and I, as, I mean, right? I love you, mom. If you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, I love you. Um, I remember as a teenager, I, I fucking loved the ending. I, mm-hmm. I love weird, twisty turnies. I love movies where you can kind of, like, you can't really figure it out before you get there, but there were little bits and pieces that you could kind of follow. And I think that's what hooked me into Saw so much is that I was just hoping they would all be as twisty and turny and mm-hmm. to an extent, at least up to three, because I don't remember what happens in four, unfortunately. Um they they are like they they do still try and throw things at you and and there are some maybe cringier moments in in some of the movies especially when you're looking back and re-watching them um just certain things that i'm like oh i can definitely see edgy little teenage taylor mm-hmm. being so into this and now as an adult i'm like okay some of this dialogue is a little over the top but it's okay um, but they still do try and manage to throw in some twisty turnies, e- even in like the third one. I did, I did watch the third one uh, after this, is, or after I rewatched the first two as well, just because there's there are certain story elements of the third one that tie mm-hmm. into the first two, which I think is really cool. Like I like that there is continuity between characters. They don't just move on to a t- completely different set of characters and forget what happened yeah. in the last movies. Like they do try yeah. and continue the story with the same characters from previous films. Um, which th- gets a little extra boost up for me because I hate I hate when something is just like oh yeah we're just gonna move on we're just gonna forget yeah. that ever happened and never mention it ever again I can't stand it. <laughs> I also love that it has the same musical cue uh, in every movie for like the end like kind of reveal thing. It's always mm-hmm. the same musical cue and I, I always I dig that so much. Um, and I would arguably say that there's something in all of the movies that I enjoy. They all have their varying degrees of how good or bad they are, but um, there's something about each of them that that will resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little disappointed in myself because I haven't seen the remake or whatever. Spiral. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Maybe just because I'm too worried about being disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's fair. I, I will watch it eventually, but I think I want to do like a full on, like just try and get through all of the ones up to that too. And mm-hmm. have, including have a... Jigsaw. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I will see. I, I have a feeling I'm probably not going to like them. They're probably going to get pretty just like stupid gore porn after a certain, I, like, mm. I think that's kind of what happens with four a little bit too, but yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of disappointing, but at the same time, when you sustain a series for like seven or eight movies, I, I maybe that's just where it goes to all the time. Yeah. Well, at least we're covering the the two of the greatest. Yes, yeah. I agree. And I always think too, like in terms of the franchises, I hate to say this, but I feel like some franchises hold themselves better for like multiple entries, whereas others, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, how much of this can you do? Um, mm-hmm. And as much as I think, like Saw has some cool kills after. Uh, three, I think like one, two, and three are like as good as it gets for me. But like mm-hmm. after that, like so there are some decent kills, but like they just can't hold a candle. Whereas like I don't know, like something like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth, like they keep the franchise going. There's other stuff they do aside from just having some cool kills. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the mystery is where you where you have to keep it going. I have to say that this franchise did do a job uh, an interesting job of taking something that could have been paper thin and giving it such a huge lore mm-hmm. like i will say that they did that quite well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well I, th- I think the first movie was based off of a short mm-hmm. that was made that and that short was basically just in in the first saw movie there's the reverse bear trap or yeah, yeah reverse bear trap like mm-hmm. headgear thing that amanda's yeah. in 
and that was the, what the short was. It was just that specific trap. I think the reverse bear trap, which is, I kind of like that. They kind of tied that into the first movie is like, Oh yeah, that did happen. That was like an actual thing that happened. And now we're mm-hmm. kind of seeing the after effects of that on this person who is now super fucked up. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, getting a, yeah, well, I'll ha- I'll have to talk about when it comes to the second movie, but another great reveal in the second movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know, and that's I, I that's shit is my bread and butter. I love that. I love when a movie tricks me into thinking one thing, and then it totally pulls the rug out from underneath me. Especially it... when you're like the girl from Becker. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, um... she's a sadistic bitch. <laughs> And rewatching these uh, two movies, because I've seen them when they came out. I haven't watched them too much since. I did a rewatch like a few years back, but that was about it. Um, I kind of feel like the first one is a little slow at times. And like, I think the the flashbacks for me were killing me. Like, mm. just the constant flashbacks. And then there's flashbacks within flashbacks. And I'm just like... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> like this definitely seems like you know because i guess it was uh lee Winnell's and james wan's like first movie out of film school mm-hmm. and like yep. it kind of shows like yeah you know some cool ideas but just execution's not quite where it could be at um but i mean yeah for me the second movie like they get rid of a lot of those flashbacks and there are some like time manipulation stuff in that movie but it's mostly just here's some cool kills. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit dumber, but I think I kind of enjoyed it a little bit more because it wasn't as like held to those ideas that you have to like do the flashbacks and the flashbacks within flashbacks and all that. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, still, first off, still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to hate me when I'm like, <laughs> like, I didn't like it as much as I did when I watched it, but. I think it's just a movie that's a, it, it just it's a little bit it doesn't hold up on subsequent viewings as much as some other movies might because it is really predicated on that mystery of like what's going on who is Jigsaw mm-hmm. and once you know that you're kind of like okay that's mm-hmm. get it the guy in the room that's Jigsaw okay it's not Ben Linus he's not Jigsaw and it's not the cop he ain't Jigsaw so that yeah yeah that's one thing that i wish i could relive about saw that i remember loving so much about it is having that rug pull moment and yeah you can't i i can definitely see how rewatching this is it's so much slower if Mm -hmm. once you as soon as you know what's happening you're like okay yeah done with seeing all this backstory i know that he was the photographer that was taking the pictures i know that he kind of knows him already and that all this stuff happened and that blah 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 you know so it's it 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 doesn't necessarily have a lot of rewatch value unfortunately mm-hmm. um as much as i do love this movie and do rewatch it um not not on a super frequent basis but enough that probably more so than other people would rewatch saw that's for sure <laughs> well, yeah it's not like seven Mm-hmm. where seven you know what the killer reveal is and everything and you kind of look for it the second time but seven still has that quality to it that ne- it, it, it's still i think it still hits the same you yeah can still find things in seven that make it interesting mm-hmm. on a rewatch yeah. whereas with this i like i found some stuff sure but it was just it was more for me just like waiting for these things to happen because you know, they're going to happen. It's yep. like, if you were to go on like a roller coaster a second time, you're like, Oh, this is when we go around the big tight bend guys. Oh, this is when it's going to dip. Like you just, <laughs> you just know when these things are coming is it, yeah. it takes it away a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think also if maybe the acting was a little better in this, that it wouldn't be yeah. so bad. Well, maybe. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, because Lee Winnell's not an actor. Um, yes. Though he has done a lot of acting, he's not really an actor. I stand by Carrie Elway's performance. I think Carrie Elway's is fantastic and always seemingly underrated. Mm. Um, I, I find his accent just a little distracting sometimes, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could, that, that's yeah, I can see that. That that's my only nitpick, and it is definitely a nitpick, um, just on my part, just because I know other things that he's done, and and sometimes yeah, playing have him having him play opposite um, of Lee Winnell was a little bit like you could hear their accents come through, like their true accents mm-hmm. come through every once in a yeah. while, and I was always like, oh, like why couldn't they have just kept their original accents? Like they could have been. Anyways, that's just my nitpick sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like characters are unnecessarily Americanized when it could just be like, they could just be from somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the acting definitely in this. I mean, I don't want to say that Saw 2 all of a sudden is like Citizen Kane of acting or anything, but like, I don't know. I think like by the time you get to the second movie and even the third one, like the performances are not great, but I think they kind of know what they're going for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like Donnie. Uh, you know what? Kinda... I I I low key was like I kind of like Donnie Wahlberg in this movie. Yeah, he's not a I good really... actor, but he seemed, he knew the assignment. He understood the assignment. Yup. Yup. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's but... one thing about these movies too that I noticed upon rewatching, like, well, the first three, I guess, is mm-hmm. th- these movies don't seem to like cops very much. No. These these movies cast police officers in a very unfavorable light. And in this movie, um, even though Jigsaw says he's not a murderer, he sets up traps specifically to murder cops. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only times he does actually commit murder or I guess I mean, in my opinion, he's committing murder regardless. But hundred percent. In in the only instances in this first Saw movie where you can point to and be like, yeah, he set up that trap specifically to kill someone is when it involves a police officer. So that was just an interesting little tidbit that I didn't get upon my first watch of this movie that I'm like, oh, man, if you're a cop in these movies, you're most likely going to die. <laughs> Plus, too, like in the second movie, it's like they don't hide the fact that Donnie Wahlberg's character is a shitty character. Like, it's oh, no. just like, oh, yeah, like he's not the greatest dad. He's not the greatest person. Like, he's actually kind of awful. In this one, it's like, oh, is are these two characters decent people? It's like, maybe Lee Winnell's character is not a bad person, but the other guy... Yeah. It's, it, it's a little... It's like, more ambiguous, for sure. Yeah. But I kind of appreciate I mean, that they're like, yeah. The, Donnie yeah. Wahlberg is not a good person. Like, just he's just not. Yeah, that that one. I think that's one of the things that makes the second movie a little better too, because I I feel like there's someone in one of the like flashback traps that they show where like Jigsaw's like, oh yeah, you call out sick to work a lot and you're not sick, so I put you in a trap and like (laughs) like that just seems like such an overreaction. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm misinterpreting what the the tape was for that specific trap, but it's like I don't know some some of his reasonings for putting these people in the traps is a little bit of an overreaction in my opinion I think but i'm not a serial shot. killer so he'd be like you clocked in a little late yesterday so yeah uh, <laughs> put your hand in this reverse bear trap yeah yeah oh fuck i'm sure some bosses out there would wish they could do that it's that kind of world that's what's sad yeah okay well what is saw even about um <laughs> <laughs> oops we haven't got there yet no we, right we haven't even gotten to the summer yet uh, two strangers awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there and soon discover they're pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer. Yep, that's, yep. that's, that's, that's about it. <laughs> not much there. Um, but, I mean, it's also not that surprising. It's like, yeah, that's that's all for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. When was the first time we watched this movie? I think when it hit uh, DVD, it was okay. the first time I checked it out. Um, and then I, I through friends and stuff, th- we basically saw every other one in theater. Um, I think up until, I think, I don't think I saw 3D in theaters. Okay. The uh, final chapter or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing this and I'm watching it by myself and being like, this movie is fucking insane. Yeah. Like it was, it was a total game changer, um, uh, of its time. I mean, which is why they quickly made a sequel afterwards. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, it, it this was the Halloween release for a long time. Yeah, um, were, were these movies? So um, yeah, and I mean, for this to be made on a cool million dollar budget, 
I was just there's so much that was just so massively impressive about it. And at the time there was nothing like it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I know and it wasn't this is obviously not a found footage movie, but I, as someone who greatly enjoys found footage films, the use of the tapes and playing the tapes and shit like that was so creepy and almost hit the same kind of found footage like nerve with me where I was like, yeah, you're just as opposed to someone coming across these tapes and being like, oh, look, we found these tapes of this these people who disappeared, blah, blah, blah. It was like this character is waking up in this room and listening to this tape that someone else has made for them. And it's this whole fucking game and this whole thing and everything's all planned out so meticulously. And uh, mm-hmm. it was it was very satisfying. And yeah, it, it hit that same nerve for me, which makes it a win. <laughs> nice. Um. I was in a church youth group and like every so often they would take us to the movie theater and uh, the youth pastor was like, oh, what movie do you guys want to see? And like a bunch of us had heard of Saw, but like we didn't know too much about it. We just knew it was like a horror movie and we were like, we should go see Saw. And he's like, what's it about? And we're like, uh, it's like a guy that works at a lumber mill and like he tries to save some people that are trapped. Like we're just making up BS on the spot because we know if we tell him it's a horror movie, he's going to say no. So we're like, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a movie about a guy rescuing people in a sawmill. He's like, oh, okay, that could be good. <laughs> so he buys us all tickets for Saw and we go in and we watch it. And uh, yeah, we were not allowed to choose any movies for the youth group after that we were <laughs> like, we were expressly forbidden that's um, amazing but it was fun to watch and i just remember like i sat next to this girl that came to the youth group and she was like this conservative girl like just very uptight like she always dressed well she always had like manners were number one for her and i was sitting next to her and this chick was just like on the verge of an aneurysm like she was just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I can't remember if I saw this. I, I, I want to say it's possible I saw it in theaters, but I also feel like it's possible I saw this on DVD. Mm. Um, either way, I think I watched it with my mom. And right. uh, as soon as it was over and they I knew that there was a second one coming out, I was like, yep, seeing that in theaters. And I... Yeah, I think I saw at least up to four because they cranked them out. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. like the next year another yep. one would come out, Yeah, um, which for me was perfect. And I had my birthday party sorted for those four years at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because like the, the Friday the 13th of this world, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, they were the same. Like they were like mm-hmm. an annual release. So, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting that like, for many people of a generation like Saw was that it was like the annual horror release, very similar to like Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, where like every year you just got a new one. And yeah, yeah. they were pumping them out quality questionable, but quantity hundred percent. You were kidding. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think the last one would probably be paranormal activity would be the closest comparison, right? Oh, which was also one of my birthday movies for a while. I think. Yeah. I mean, we were getting Ari Aster movies back to back. I was kind of hoping we would just get like a fucked up Ari Aster movie every year, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we just looked to A twenty four to be like, okay, at least something yearly will be something fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. They usually have something fucked up. It's not. There's no continual kind of line throughout it, but it's something. I just, I don't know. Part of me would just love if we just got annual Ari Aster movies, and it was just that dude's disturbed brain just every year on repeat but what is the next one am i am i missing something uh well okay they say that it's apparently a comedy starring walking phoenix but i'm like no there's no way <laughs> there's no way it's a straight comedy i think he said that uh midsummer was like a love story or something like that like oh all right or like a breakup movie like he definitely downplayed a lot of the messed up parts of it so you know. there, there's a podcast um the a24 podcast and his episode ari aster's episode they they did one that i think is more concise and then they released the full unedited one but it's ari and robert eggers 
Oh, nice. And Ooh. it's fucking fascinating. I loved it. And they tried the whole thing to tie it into talks about Ingmar Bergman. It's fucking great. It's really, really, really solid. If you haven't listened to any of those A24 podcasts, they're really great. I mean, there's one that's Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safties. And okay. it's, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal stuff. Um, yeah, there was... Um, Ari Aster used to have a website... I think A24 forced him to take it down, but it was like a portfolio and like he had a page on there that was just like dick drawings. They were demonic, <laughs> they were demonic dick drawings. Like they got really fucked up. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like a mainstream Hollywood director. This guy's doing like demonic dick drawings on the, on the regular. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but A24, I'm pretty sure found the website. We're like, yeah, you gotta take that down. Like, <laughs> Boo. Yeah. What is this? Super bad? <laughs> I had thoughts about that too. Yeah. It kind of was. It honestly was like those super bad drawings, but just more demonic. And it was. Really <laughs> that was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Ari, bring back that website. We need it. Yeah. Tell it A24. <laughs> it's part of your promo material. So. Um, but yeah. Uh, we have a few emails regarding Saw. Uh, George says, I love the bleak and hopeless nature of this movie. Despite what people do, it won't be enough. I'm assuming he's saying what people do mean the protagonist of this movie, but yeah. 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 yeah it I is mean, super bleak. Yeah. There's, there's only ever been one survivor of any of the traps. That so that, Amanda. yeah. And that, and she does, I mean, does she really survive? We don't, she's well, even what he says to her after is like some, uh, I'm trying to paraphrase it in my head here, um, but basically he's like, um, you, "You are something. Like you are still alive. Most people are aren't ha- are are ungrateful to be alive, but not mm. you, not anymore." Yeah, it's like fuck. Yeah, I know. And I mean, seeing the third movie, they shed a lot more light on Amanda's character in the third movie in particular, and like how she's helped with the jigsaw traps and things like that and um yeah it's it's just her 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 character in general is just like was she saved i feel like she definitely lost a piece of herself in that trap somewhere i mean how could you not after being put through that but yeah 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 for sure um Ryan says, I watched this on Halloween two years ago with a couple of buddies, and it blew me mind. Watched all of the movies in the week or two after that. Mm-hmm. That's oh, I could fun. just... I mean, it, like, we are, we've already said it. To rediscover or, or to relive those twists. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. jealousy. I mean, jealous to, 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 to relive those big things yeah. in movies. If you can watch that for the first time, like, oof. Yeah. I wish I could have that experience again. It will never happen again, but I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Someone give me mild amnesia so I can. <laughs> it's called uh, transcontinental global amnesia, where you have like a temporary amnesia that resets a few years back okay. in your life. I heard it was also. Kurt getting a little too high on a Friday night too. That so. too. That will <laughs> that will work it. Uh, but then you also forget speech patterns and shit. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll just get a little too high and then I'll rewatch. <laughs> um, let's see. Wendy says, "Great movie, but acting is terrible." You know what? I can't disagree with that. The acting is not great. There is a few highlights. Like it's not all bad, but. Yeah, there's a reason Lee Winnell is behind the camera now and not in front of it. Yeah. yeah, although I do really appreciate his character in the Insidious movies. Yeah. I But I think that's because he's next to arguably one of the greatest women in horror ever. Mm. If anyone says a bad fucking thing about Lin Shay, those are fighting words. <laughs> I fucking love Lin Shay. Yeah, she's great. She's so great. Um, all right. Best line in this movie. 
Um, I actually had the one that Steve mentioned earlier. The mm. mo- most mm-hmm. people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you, not anymore. Yeah. Um, there were also just some lines that made me go, "What?" Like when um, Lawrence, the doctor character, talks about, "Oh, technically he's not a murderer," and I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! He's yeah. he's a hundred percent a murderer." Like, there's instances in this movie where, yeah, like I was saying earlier, he just blatantly sets up a trap because he knows it's going to kill a cop or something like that. So he is one hundred percent a murderer. He well, my favorite kill in the movie that is a straight up murder. Hmm. Mm. Which is the shotgun trap. I know yes. I'm getting to it a little bit early, but that is a straight up fucking murder. There, where was the out of that trap? Like yeah. seriously, um, mine is more of a comedic line. I do like the uh, Gordon saying, "What's your name?" and Adam goes, "My name is very fucking confused. What's your name?" <laughs> yeah, some oh, of the yeah. sass was good coming from yeah. Adam. I really liked. Yeah, I liked his sass for sure. Some of um, the swearing in this movie gets really creative too. Like. When uh, Gordon says, Zep, you perverted little psychopath, I'm going to take great pleasure in seeing you pay for this, you bastard fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a good, there was another good sassy line that came from the doctor when they, the cigarettes come out and Adam gets all excited and Lawrence goes, you're going to put something you found in this room in your mouth? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the one logical moment of like, yeah, no, don't, that, it, this will kill you. <laughs> that seems like a very bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cariel or Jigsaw, Jigsaw, totally. Yeah, I, totally I was gonna. Also, I feel like the little girl, the daughter, uh, did mm-hmm. a really good job of acting terrified for some of this. Like I was like, "Whoa, that girl is like screaming, and she seems like she's in actual peril right now." Which I'm always impressed by. Sometimes the kid actors in the movies and like how well they're able to portray emotion. But otherwise, yeah, I would say Tobin Bell, the, the guy who is literally dead for most of the movie technically yeah um i'll say donnie Wahlberg. just kidding uh <laughs> jump in the gun buddy jump in the gun can i say donnie Wahlberg for this movie no okay no i don't think you can his anger is just so far reaching you can feel it even in this even yeah. in the first before you one. even know who he is yeah uh yeah i guess i'll say tobin bell yeah the other actors were yeah <laughs> i mean i guess like uh the guy who's playing Gordon is okay, but there was like a few line deliveries that where I was like, oh boy, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to discount the other actors. I feel like maybe I'm being a little unfair because it really was mostly just the accents that threw me off for a lot of the acting. Um, and um, Lee Waddell had, uh, like, especially at the end where he's just like screaming, like that was that was pretty well done um, when he gets locked in the room after... Mm-hmm the corpse wakes up and closes the door on him um that was really good yeah uh, that, that's such a great like way to finish your movie too yeah. Oh, yeah yeah very texas chainsaw yeah very much so um well i gotta bring this up just because it's a horror podcast but you, you guys uh on twitter have you, you seen i forget J, i think his name is jay chow he like I'm gonna Photoshop um, uh, Paddington to, into every movie still that I can until I forget. He's no. he's over a year now. Well, there's a new account. I forget it's, it's Eric something. He's like I'm gonna Photoshop Leatherface into every black and white photo I can find until I forget, and it's fucking amazing. The one yesterday was like Leatherface playing football. Oh my goodness! Great. That sounds so good. amazing. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right totally off topic but we brought up but texas chainsaw was mentioned actually i mentioned it so it's really nepotism on my point but is it really <laughs> off topic because it's no. leather face and photos yeah. yeah this sounds like important important horror news okay. that we need to talk about yeah. i feel validated now so yeah <laughs> like just get like pictures of Auschwitz or something and just put oh my, god. <laughs> oh my god oh my god it's all just one giant jigsaw trap holy Awful. shit <laughs> oh my god this anyways why, this is why i'm not running that account <laughs> yeah it seems like uh, okay um let's see here uh best kill um the shotgun trap 
Yeah, that one was nasty. Um, it's there's a lot of there's a, a lot of kills in the Saw movies, so sometimes this one is hard because some of them are super messed up. Like, wh- what are the traps? They show the reverse bear claw, for, for bear claw, reverse uh, bear trap that Amanda mm-hmm. was in. That I mean, she kills someone in that trap, which maybe sets off her bloodlust or something like that. I don't know, but that mm-hmm. also seemed like a fucked up kill to me because it like you are being forced to basically kill another person to save your own life yeah. which it does come up i think in some other jigsaw traps too but um there was the guy who uh was covered in the flammable jelly stuff and he had to go around with a candle and find the password to unlock the antidote um and he ended up burning alive i think yep um yep then the well and it, it kind of sucks because i feel like the uh the main cop guy who gets thrown off the force because he gets his friend killed essentially with the shotgun trap. Um, he doesn't necessarily get a super satisfying death. Like I think he just gets shot and then he just falls to the ground and that's kind of it for him, mm-hmm. which feels like, I feel like there should be something a little more, you know, more weight behind that, but it didn't necessarily feel like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to choose. I find the, the Amanda killing in the trap, kind of fucked up too and that was kind of a just like a very iconic saw scene with her trap so i i almost want to say that one for this movie fair i did like when ben lias got his head bashed in <laughs> with the toilet lid yeah maybe because i'm like dude like why is it anyone just kills you right away just based on how shifty you look like right come on and that was another good reveal too when he is looking for the key and then he pulls the tape recorder out of his pocket mm-hmm. and then it kind of clicks and you realize, oh, he's not Jigsaw. He was also a participant. Yeah. Oh, I'm like reliving all these emotions now that I had the first time I watched this. Exactly. Uh, Davis' decision in this movie. Uh, this is kind of a hard one. I have two, but they're not super great. Like, my first one is um, when Adam is looking through the toilet with his hands and he doesn't find anything in the bowl. And then he goes into the back of the toilet and he finds something. He doesn't use the hand that's all shit covered to, like, clean it off or anything. He uses his other hand to grab that. That, for some reason, has always bothered me. Mm. Um, And then, honestly, if you're being investigated... Uh, by the police for being a serial killer maybe you should take your situation a little more seriously like i feel like like you find out you're being investigated investigated because your pen light as a doctor your doctor's pen light shows up in a murder scene like that would freak me out and i would be taking that very very seriously and it kind of seems like he just shrugs it off and then gets mad at the cop for assuming it's him even though they did find something of his a crime scene so it seems like a logical conclusion to make but yeah i don't know i don't know um i don't know why jigsaw had to be in the room with them that seems excessive uh to i think it was for the 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 be first hand uh the zapping and stuff like that like he was Uh, because I, I mean, otherwise, like he would. I think it would be a lot more for him to like find like two way glass and like all this kind of stuff and like be out of the room. Because part of me was thinking like, what if there's like a straight bullet or something that actually kills you? Like, right? Yeah. Or what if something falls on you or someone steps on your back of your neck, assuming you're already dead? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, th- there's also a doctor in the room with you who might be able to look a little closely and figure out that you're not actually dead because like. There are certain things that happen to real life corpses, like the blood settling and things like that, that would potentially give it away. So, mm-hmm. but I think I think in this movie is it, he almost has like it's like a hubris thing. It's like he is part of these as well because he's trying to teach them a lesson, you know. So That's, he like inserts yeah. himself almost in in some way until he physically can't because he's too like he's dying. So it's like the altruistic thing of of Jigsaw, which is a really fucked up thing to come across when you're coming to grips with your own mortality and the fact that you're going to die like it's mm-hmm. like 
he is just like, well, it's time to teach the human race that they're fucking dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like it's just it's 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 a really fucked up thing, but it's also I guess it shows like the mental break, and I think that's kind of where the brilliance of this the the initial story comes into come comes into to view. And for James Wan, like especially Wan and Winnell at such a young age to come up with something that like this decidedly fucked up, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of shows that they had huge legs within the genre and and would continue to make really great things. Like, um, oh, fuck it, I I mean, uh, Winnell has gone on to make really great stuff in things outside the genre because I argue that, um. Uh, Invisible Man, though it has horror elements, is very much a, a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, besides a couple scenes, doesn't have a lot of blood going on for it. Yeah, which is usually a driving force in horror. And Upgrade is this killer sci-fi action film with just crazy gore in it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's it, it's interesting that. that it's it's not hard to see that they would have huge careers after this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. And again, like I I don't try to be mean or anything, but it's like you can tell this is a first movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool ideas here and a lot of cool uh, like shots and stuff like that, but it just lacks that polish that like now you've got a movie uh, like Malignant where it's like this is James Bond <laughs> like the top of his game. And he's yeah. able to do these crazy ideas in a way where it's super polished and, you know, he's got decades of experience now under his belt. Uh, again, I don't try to be mean because it's like, I still think Saw is a good movie. It's just, yeah, it's to see what they've done. They've both done now. Mm-hmm. Like, they've obviously both become such great filmmakers because of a film like this. So Yeah. Malignant will never be celebrated outside of the genre fan base ever it'll always be looked at as a bad movie to everybody else yeah like you know i'm sure if you showed believe into your partner and they're not a horror person they would probably be like what the fuck are you showing me why this movie's terrible why is that car on the (laughs) cliff like what's going on here but me i'm like it's a jello callback come on yeah man all of it is all of it is oh god i love that movie Mm -hmm. i think it's It's so special i think it's on the scheduled for this year yeah i can't wait that and the candy man reboot we're going to talk about yes oh boy i like that one too both came out we're like hey we could be competent horror movies in 2021 so yeah that that's why i want to see i uh candy man's the reason i want well and watchman is the reason i want to see um um ambulance because i like uh yeah I, uh, abdul mateen the third he's great i love how you didn't mention Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I, I also didn't bring up um, what was the other one that he was in? Uh, Aquaman. Mm. He was good in Aquaman. Uh, yeah, he's Black Manta, which is a great villain. The Matrix Resurrections is like I can see why one of those filmmakers decided not to make it. Well, it's decisive. I, I there are a lot of things I really like about the Matrix uh, Resurrections. Um, but it's hard to rec. Like I can't be like, oh, you should watch it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it'll never be a movie that I'm going to outwardly be like, oh, you should watch The Matrix. Because I don't know how how it's perceived to a wide audience. Obviously not. It didn't land very well with a lot of people. But yeah. I don't know. I dig it still. I really do. Cool. Uh, well, I think it's time to score this movie. What are we I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. It just means so much in the horror community. It is it, it it was the birth of something that got exhausted, obviously. But I think that always happens in really any genre of film where where something becomes successful and then they just kind of dilute it down to its worst qualities. Mm. Um, but Saw still a fucking game changer. It's a benchmark in horror. It 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 revolutionized things, and yeah, um, it still plays like that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I am not going to give this movie a full score, full 10 out of 10, but I am going to go with a 9. 
um, this movie is near and dear to me. And maybe one of those stars is a little biased because of that. But um, yeah, I just, I love this movie. I love, even though it's not always the best rewatch when you already know the ending, I still do love rewatching it um, because I feel like, oh yeah, this is when this part happens. Mm -hmm. This is when this Mm -hmm. part happens. And um, yeah, plus then normally after I watch the first one, I watch the second one. And so it's always a good time. I'll give this one a 7 out of 10. Like I said, it does sort of, the performances drag it down for me. And I think that, yeah, a lot of it, just a lot of the flashbacks really kind of took me out of it. Um, but, I mean, there is still a lot of positive stuff here, like the ending, the twist, uh, a lot of the cool violence kills. I think like some people forget the like this movie doesn't all take place in one room like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even like i kind of briefly forgot that this movie kind of does quite a bit outside the room because you always hear like oh they filmed it all in one room which is fucking bullshit they didn't they clearly filmed it elsewhere but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah uh, it's uh it's there's a lot to like about this movie i think even if you're like if you've never seen this movie you should watch it to kind of understand it and see what it means for the franchise yeah. and for a lot of fans so mm-hmm. yeah, i always forget too like when this movie like the beginning parts of this movie you don't even you aren't introduced to jigsaw it's not until um the doctor character starts talking about oh actually i know my who might have done this because i was investigated for it that you get the full picture of mm-hmm. what they're actually in like when you like if you kind of watch Saw without knowing anything about what it's about, there these are just two people who are waking up in this random room, and you're yeah. learning all of this at the same time that they're kind of coming to realizations, mm-hmm. which I think is another reason that I ended up loving this movie so much is because there is, I mean now it's hard to get around the fact that you you're going to be spoiled before you even go into the first one yeah. because of how much is out there about Saw. But, like, at the time it first came out, it was kind of just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is all this stuff? And then the flashbacks actually are important then because you don't know who saw the jigsaw killer is. You don't know who the serial killer is. So you have to go back and see all this stuff. But yeah, when you know who jigsaw is and you know that he's Tobin bell, especially because you've seen even just promos for other movies about saw. um, It's kind of hard to have that same feeling going into it because there's just always going to be knowledge that you may, you're not necessarily supposed to have as a first time viewer. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is also a testament to why sometimes it's not quite as fun to rewatch this because part of the fun in watching Saw is having things revealed to you, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, All right, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, I'm also in Letterboxd under that as well. Um, and then my website is stevestebbing.ca and you can hear me every, uh, every Thursday nights across Canada on the shift with Shane Hewitt. Uh, if you're in uh, BC local, it's 11 PM Pacific time. I'm on Instagram and Twitch as Technonomicon. I'm on Letterboxd as Circeanic, and I have a blog, circeanic.home.blog, that if I do anything else on the internet, I post about it there. Nice. And I'm over at ThreeMirrors.com, where almost every day we've got content going up. You can go listen to the latest episode where we've got reviews of Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. Spoiler alert, it's an awful movie. Don't go watch it. Uh, Outer Range, which I actually really loved. It's a cool little. Oh, I haven't started it yet. Western Bender. Uh, yeah, I've seen the whole season, although they're like doling them out two episodes a piece. But oh, that show is like it I'm surprised excited. me because I was I didn't realize there was a sci-fi aspect to it. I just started watching it and like it kind of Game of Thrones it where it takes a little while to introduce the crazier elements, but when it does, it, it does it so well. And Josh Brolin's in it. He's great. The whole cast is I fantastic. Can't wait. Uh, and you know, the ult- ultimatum, marry or move on. Uh, Netflix oh, seemingly on. has found a new uh, <laughs> niche in <laughs> trashy 
uh, romantic reality series, and I'm kind of here for it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, like, so on the fence about I want to watch it because I know it's going to be a trash fire. Like, yeah. but also, like, it, it, are these real couples? Like, would real couples actually agree to go on the show when they're, like, at the ultimatum of getting married? Like, anyways, okay, I'm yeah. just going to have to watch it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not as good as Love is Blind, which I think, so far is better um but uh yeah and then conversations with a killer the john wayne gacy tapes which i was actually very like man that guy's a fucked up dude so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean not that surprising but still it was a it was a good it's like a three episode uh series coming to netflix i think it's out on gosh wednesday it's out on the 20th so 420 blaze and then go watch conversations nice. with the killer <laughs> oh can i i, I just want to bring up a couple of things um yes one uh i started tokyo vice Ooh, i'm nice. really liking it it's michael mann mm-hmm. uh but it's like my it's like ansel elgort it's like an american journalist in in tokyo trying to investigate the yakuza where their media in Yaku- in, in in japan is like don't ever talk about the yakuza mm-hmm so it's it's so Michael Mann and I really dig it. Um, and as far as my 420 <laughs> this weekend, me and my wife got really stoned, and I ordered the first three Pauly Shore movies, <laughs> which are going to be landing on my doorstep on 420. Nice. Yeah. Well, 420 this year is on a Wednesday, so it's kind of. I mean, you'll do you'll do with it what you need to, you know. Mm-hmm. You understand the assignment, but uh, yep, yeah. Go with go with something. I'm trying to think if there's any like weed based horror movies. Um, um, what's the pizza one? Slice the one Chance the Rapper. Oh gosh, watch that one. That one's okay. great. I was gonna say the Friday the Thirteenth reboot features. Uh, oh, going for Jason's weed supply. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my, the the kill that really makes me laugh in that movie is the under the dot kill where he lifts her up so the audience can see her boobs and then drops her in. <laughs> well, makes me laugh every that's time. What you, need. you need to see boobs and Jason's one serving the boobs. Yeah, so. exactly. The priorities. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, also too, I'm on Letterbox, uh, Fiddle Claw, and I'm on Twitter, Dunkirk Kurt. Make sure you like his Dunkirk review. Yes. It's become a meme at this point. Like, <laughs> like, I even gave shit to someone I do Three Angry Nerds with because he fucking liked my review. And I'm like, the fuck, dude? You're part of the problem. <laughs> part of the solution, actually. Like, We're going to get you famous off that review. Yeah. Actually, like, when you go and look at the Dunkirk reviews, like, if you go, like, by most famous or whatever, like... Mine is not the most famous, but it's like within like the top ten most famous reviews. So funny, popular reviews for it, and I'm like, that's that's gonna be what I'm known for. I'm gonna it's gonna die. be on your tombstone. Yeah, they'll be like, gave Dunkirk ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Which now I'm like, I feel like I should just give it a lower score just to like stop. Famously known as. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.